Grab your Bible, we're on first things first, and today we're going to look at first works, Revelation chapter 2, Revelations 2. At the end of the message, when the singers come back up, all those that's going to be water baptized, you need to make your way to go get ready to be water baptized. How many here today are going to be water baptized? Can you raise your hands, please? Big and tall, right there, right there, right there, right there, right there, right there. Awesome, awesome. We have got two people from South Korea that's going to be water baptized today. Yeah, isn't that cool? And I'm not talking about George Thomason. <laughs> Revelations 2. Let's read five verses there. Under the angel of the church of Ephesus write, These things says he that holds the seven stars in his right hand who walks in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks, I know thy works, I know thy labor, I know thy patience, and how thou canst not bear them which are evil, and thou hast tried them which say they are apostles and are not, and found them to be liars, and have borne and have patience, and for my name's sake have labored and have not fainted. Nevertheless, I have somewhat against you because you have left your first love. Remember, therefore, from whence you are fallen, and repent, and do the first works. Do the first works, or else I will come unto you quickly and remove your candlestick out of his place, except you repent. Lord, take the words that we will speak here this morning, and I am praying, God, that you would spearhead them into the heart of every person that's here, Lord, that it would be a growing time for every person. In Jesus' name, amen. Good works are bad works unless there are first works. Oh, preacher, I've got a lot of good works. I don't think I need to get saved. I'm just trusting in my own good works. And God says your good works are like leper's rags. Your righteousness the very most righteous act you can do apart from God is as leper's rags. See, good, G-O-O-D, without God, G-O-D, leaves a big fat goose egg. Good without God is nothing. And I repeat it again, good works are bad works. And the reason I say that, because if you're trusting good works to get you to heaven, it will send you to hell. Good works are bad works unless there are first works. You can't get to heaven by good works. And the reason why is God won't be indebted to no man. Well, I've worked real hard, therefore God, you must owe me to get into heaven. Don't work that way. 
I was able to go visit a guy yesterday in the hospital, and he told me, well, preacher, I, I'm not an atheist or anything. Uh, you know, I've been a good guy. And I, I said, that ain't going to cut it. That won't get you into the front door of heaven because you've been a good guy because we can always find somebody that we're gooder than. Salvation is a free gift. But once you are saved, the Bible tells us that we are to add to our faith. That's what the Bible says. The church at Ephesus was the careless church. They had works, but not first works. And God told them you are to remember, and then you are to repent. And I know the idea in repentance in most people's mind is, if I cry real big crocodile tears, that means I've repented. Phooey! I've seen people, they come down the altar, they cry crocodile tears. Oh, preacher, I, I'm convinced. I'm, I'm, this is the church. This is where I'm going to go to church. Jesus is my Savior, and this is the, the road I'm going to walk on. And I never see him again. And they cried big crocodile tears. Like one guy said, I got it, I got it, I got it, I got it, I got it. I never seen him again. And I thought, whatever he's got, I hope nobody else catches. <laughs> Repent to change direction. If you are on a train, an Amtrak, and it's headed to Chicago, but you wanted to go to New Orleans, you can cry all you want but it ain't going to do you no good. You've got to make that. When that thing stops, you've got to get off, and you have got to turn around and go the other direction. The first act of a believer in Jesus Christ is to be, hear it, water baptized. And I've looked it up, and our Lord walked 50 miles to go get water baptized. Hear me, every Christian person here, if Jesus can walk 50 miles to be water baptized, you can walk 50 feet. It's right over there. And what will happen... That very same rebellion that says, I'm not going to get water baptized, that will grow and that rebellion will spill over into other areas of your life. This is a word from God to every person here that hadn't been water baptized and you know you need to, you need to get it done. Awful quiet. It will lead to a downward trail. It is just a law that's in, that's in motion, just like gravity. If you're willing to be disobedient on that, and you know you should, and you're not water baptized, you're living in disobedience. Everybody look this way. 
I can take you to a church today, but the doors are closed. And the reason why is because they left their first love. And they stopped doing their good works. I can go to that church and walk from that church where you can drive right up to. The doors are padlocked from there. You can walk around back and go right through and walk through their church cemetery. They died off and was buried in the backyard. They died off and was buried in the backyard. They died off and was buried in the backyard. And finally, the last one died off and was buried in the backyard. And there was no... Because and you used to call me a critic or whatever. There was no first love there or else they would have been consumed with seeing someone else get born again and someone else being within that church. Deuteronomy chapter 1. Israel became used to walking in circles. They would be around one mountain for a while. And from there they'd go to another mountain. They'd walk in circles there. It was a rote. Repetition without feeling. Singing a song and it meaning nothing to you. That's rote. Repetition without feeling. And from there, that will be tur turned into a rut to where the rut is being in bondage to the rote. And then rot, where there's no expectation for life. And the church wonders why people won't, won't, won't go into the front door. What they're basically saying is, hey, come and celebrate the rote with us. It's so much fun. And everybody knows it's really not. Share in our rut. Come and join us in our rot. And that ain't what God called the church to be. And any person or any church that falls into that rote, rut, rot, three sins, ugly sins will be present. Self-righteousness, judging others, and complacency. See, Jesus tells the disciples when they're there at the, Lord, at the, at the Last Supper, they call it the Last Supper, it's really not. We're going to eat again, so it can't be the Last Supper because when we get to heaven, we'll eat supper again, so it can't be really the Last Supper. Jesus said, one of you will betray me. Hear me. Not a one of the disciples pointed their finger and said, is it he? Not a one of them. Now I want you to let that sink in. Is it mm, he? They said, is it? I, we can get on the bandwagon sometime and criticize the disciples and call them stupid or they should have known this or know that or whatever. But I'm telling you one thing, on that night, they wasn't full of self-righteous judgmentalism. It's that guy over there. He's the one. It's that guy over there. It ain't me. Like the guy that had the patchwork coat made. And so I asked him, hey, what, what about that? He goes, oh, them, them are all patches of different sins that people in my community has done. John did this sin. Jack did this sin here. They said, well, what about you? You got a sin? It's a little bitty patch on the back where I can't see it. 
It's easy to look and find fault with others. Hear ye, hear ye. Isn't that true? It sure is. Complacent, self-satisfied, smug. I looked that word up. I like doing this. Complacent is in between the words compile and complain. People that are complacent, that are smug with themselves. They compile their own good works and complain about everybody else's bad works. But we're, we're pretty, much, pretty much good who we're at. See, that self-righteous judgmentalism attitude is, I don't have to change. I'm pretty much good the way I am. And what will happen in turn, everybody else ain't quite that good. So you always got your finger pointing at somebody. Right. Judging others. First Baptist Church needed a janitor and the word got out. and A guy decided he'd go and Talked to the pastor about it. And he went to the pastor and said, hey, I'd like to be the janitor. And the guy goes, great, man. I mean, you, you look like you're a good worker. and It's awesome. I'm, I think you'd make a great janitor here at the First Baptist Church. Awesome. He said, I need you to fill out, the pastor said, I need you to fill out this paper. And, and the guy goes, oh, I, no, I can't write. You can't write. I can't have people sweeping the floors and take care of the building that can't write. Oh, I, no, I'm sorry. It's just not going to work out. You're not going to be able to be the janitor here at the First Baptist Church. Well, I'm sorry. And took up your time. And he left and he went and got a job at the apple orchard. Within a few years, that guy had took every sin he had made. He had invested back in that apple orchard. And in just a couple years' time, he owned half of the apple orchard. And he decided to take his money and go to the bank. And he took his money to the bank and told the banker, I want to open up an account and put my money in your bank. And the banker said, well, great. I think I kind of know who you are. You're that guy that owns, uh, uh, owns part owner of the apple orchard. Yeah, that's me. How much money would you like to deposit? And the guy said, $200,000. Cash. The banker said, <laughs> Yeah, we need you to fill out this paper. And the guy goes, well, no, wait, I can't write. And the banker said, you're kidding me. You own part of a business and you've got $200,000 cash and you can't write? Where would you be if you could write? And the guy said, oh, I guess I'd be the janitor down at the First Baptist Church. <laughs> careful how you judge people. <laughs> Revelations chapter 2 verse 2. Jesus said, thy works, thy labor, thy patience. This is incredible to me because you can find in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 where Paul says, your, listen, he uses the same words. He uses the exact same words. Works, labor, patience. But watch what he adds. Your work of faith, your labor of love, your patience of hope. There were things that they added to. In Jonah chapter 2, and I want everybody that's got a Bible, I want you to go there. 
Jonah chapter 2. You can go to the Old Testament there and uh, there when they turn from the new to the old and you'll be able to find it pretty quick. And, you know, there's a reason why I'm doing this. I want, I could say these things, but I think they're going to sink in a lot better if you see them. Jonah chapter 2, verse 1. Then Jonah prayed unto the Lord his God out of the fish's belly. Verse 7. When my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord, and my prayer came in unto thee. Verse 9, I will sacrifice unto thee with a voice of thanksgiving. I will pay that I have vowed. Salvation is of the Lord. The man is remembering. The man is repenting. The very two things that Jesus said that the church at Ephesus had to do. Jonah remembered and Jonah repented. In the Mediterranean Sea, at the bottom of that ocean, inside a whale, that's where God heard this man pray. And basically what Jonah said, God, I rejoice to do thy will. You know, people say God won't make you do anything. Well, that might be right, but God will make you want to do. That's what he did with Jonah. He didn't make him do it. He made him want to do it. I rejoice to do thy will. Just get me out of here. What what the real deal is with Jonah, Jonah wanted to exit a different, did he? Uh Uh-uh. If he exited a different way than he came in, that'd be bad news. (laughs) He wanted to exit the same way that he came into that fish. Jonah gave a thousand reasons why not to preach to Nineveh. Why? To try to justify himself. 80%, I've seen this happen, 80% of the people that leave Orchardville Church criticize Orchardville Church after leaving. Why is that? Try to justify themselves. God caught a hold of Jonah And what did Jonah do? He did his first works again. In verse 1 of chapter 3, and the word of the Lord came unto Jonah the second time. Thank God for that. God's long-suffering. Thank God for that. It wasn't a one-and-done chance for Jonah. Uh Uh-uh. God came to him a second time. Okay, now my message really begins. Go to 2 Peter. (laughs) 2 Peter chapter 1. Now it begins. Second Peter chapter one, verse four, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises. We looked at promises a few weeks back. That you might be partakers of the divine nature. That's me. That's you if today you are born again by the Spirit of God. That's you. Partakers of his divine nature. Where I start looking like what God wants me to look. I start walking like God wants me to walk. 
We are to be into the image of his dear son, nature. I can show you pictures of me standing. I can show you pictures of my dad standing. We stand identical. Only he's thinner than what I am. Why is that? Got his nature in me. Once we're born again, we have God's divine nature. Preacher, I've been confirmed. That's not what I'm talking about. Preacher, I sprinkle when I was a baby. That's not what I'm talking about. Preacher, I take communion. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about getting born again and having God's divine nature infused within you. What I'm talking about is as easy as this. God supplying the Savior and you and me supplying the sinner. That simple. Nothing difficult about that. People make it difficult. We're add to our faith. Here's what we add. This is you and me. God says this. You can be saved, have God's divine nature within you, get up and walk out of here and be non-virtuous. You know why I know that? Because it's something we have got to add. We are to add to our faith virtue. Add to our faith knowledge. Add to our faith temperance. Add to our faith patience, godliness, brotherly kindness, charity, which is love. Each one of them is like a sheet of plywood that we're putting down and we're building a platform to be able to walk around on and live our life on. Second Peter 1 verse 12. Wherefore, I will not be negligent to put you always in remembrance of these things. C.S. Lewis said, people need to be more reminded than they need to be instructed. I really believe that. You need to be reminded of things. The secret to Orchardville Church and to the preaching ministry that God's called me to do is this. I'm willing to repeat the obvious. Read two chapters every day. Pray every day. Be faithful in the church. Make sure you tithe. God's blessings on that. Over and over and over and over and over, you hear me say them things. I'm willing to preach and talk about the obvious. Well, preacher, you're just not very deep. No, you ain't looking at no theologian here. But the theologians that I know, thank God you're not. They can go down deeper, stay down longer, and come up drier than any people that I know. <laughs> well, preacher, you don't teach verse by verse. I realize I don't, and neither did Jesus. So there. Well, preacher, you, the really smart guys nowadays preaching Reformed theology. And I'm telling you, that is not me. I do not think that is what the Bible teaches. This is what I believe the Bible teaches. Whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Not just the good-looking people. (laughs) 
Verse 13, he says, as long as I'm in this tabernacle, I'm going to stir you up. As long as I'm behind this pulpit and in this body, in this tabernacle, my job is going to be to stir you up. My message won't always have a poem. And my messages won't always be preached just right. But as long as I'm in this tabernacle, I will stir you up by way of remembrance. He also says in this chapter, giving all diligence. I like that. Diligence means hurry up and do it well. That's what I'm about. That's why when the singers get up to sing, ain't none of them preach a sermon before they sing. Nobody does that here. Why? Hurry up and do it well. Preachers that get up to preach know they have a lot of time, and that's what they're going to be giving. You know what that does? It forces them to hurry up and do it well. You don't just lollygag around and finally get around to it. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to finally preach. No, you better be hitting on all cylinders right off the bat because your time is ticking down. <laughs> well, I don't really see it like that in other churches. And I'll tell you what I think about this. Anybody that thinks they've got to preach as an, an hour is an egomaniac. <laughs> I mean, the average, thanks for it, the average sitcom last about 23 minutes and that's about where people's attention span is in the good old U.S. of A. anymore. That's why you can about, you know, you can about mark it down. I'm going to be done in about 23 to 25 minutes. I think things can be done fast and good, not one or the other. That's what I hear critics say. Orchardville Church has experienced mushroom growth. They always talk it like that. They've experienced mushroom growth, and we really don't believe in mushroom growth. <clears throat> and when they pray, they pray like, you know, oh, God of, God of, <laughs> I'm trying to think of something here. <laughs> oh, God of, oh, God of Jehoshaphat and uh, all the fat people in the Bible and all of this and all I don't think they got a real, my children don't talk that way to me. They don't. Oh, Jeroboam and Rehoboam. That's what I was trying to think of earlier. <laughs> yeah, we just don't believe in mushroom growth. We believe in steady growth. I'm going to tell you what I believe in. I believe in steady mushroom growth. That's what I believe in. <laughs> Have faith. Hurry up and do it well. Have virtue. Hurry up and do it well. This is what we add to our faith, to our salvation. These are the first works that we should have. We should have faith. We should have virtue. We should have knowledge and hurry up and do it well. We should have temperance. Hurry up and do it well. We, I even believe this about patience. Have patience and hurry up and do it well. <laughs> have godliness and hurry up and do it well. Have brotherly kindness and hurry up and do it well. Have love. Hurry up and do it well. Amen. Now, why do we do all these things? 
Because 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 8 gives us the insight. Neither be barren nor unfruitful. This is the reason why Orchardville Church does what it does. We're trying to win somebody else. If I wasn't trying to win somebody else, I, I'd be, I wouldn't, I was going to say, I'd, I'd just shut up shop here. No, I'd just leave. Because me trying to maintain the status quo within this church or my life, that very thought makes me want to puke. I just can't live like that. Oh, as long as we're just going along to get along. One guy told me years ago, well, you do have the biggest church in Orchardville. What in the world? What kind of deal is that? My sights are bigger than that. We want to win people. We want to win people. Why are we doing what we're doing? So that we are not barren and so that we are not unfruitful. Be a soul winner. The great commission is the great go mission. Oh, no, I leave that up to the church. Leave that, leave, leave that up to those that know better. Leave that up to those that have been trained. Leave that up to others. When the candle gets lit, it immediately starts giving a light. And the next time you're in a place that sells candles, you look and see ain't all candles built alike. And they ain't all Christians built alike, but we can all be flickering that flame the moment that we are lit. Amen. Amen. Bow your heads, please. Lord, help us as a church to hurry up and do it well, because God, it very well could be that our time is pretty limited, and Lord, we just can't afford to wait around for somebody else to do it, for some other church to do it. Help us, Lord, as a church not to be barren. Help us as a church not to be unfruitful. Help us, Lord God, to win others to you. And God, how that's going to happen in our life is when we will have salvation come to our home and then add to that salvation. And one of the very first things that we can do is to be water baptized. God, help every person know to be a virtuous person to be what God wants them to be, there to be water baptized. Lord, take the words that I've spoken concerning that and pierce the heart of every person for God where it will be upon their mind that they know they are to be water baptized. Lord, you walk 50 miles, they can walk 50 feet. Imprint that and impress that upon their mind and their heart. There are people here this night or this day without Jesus in their life, we're praying God that salvation would come to their house. Lord, if there are Christian people, Lord God, that have been failing in this concerning first works, help this as our new year of, of Obed-Edom, the first 90 days of his life, setting things in order, and because of that, the rest of his life was blessed. Help us, Lord, do the same. As a church.
showed the world the Father's love. You gave, you gave your life for me. You gave, you gave your life for me. You gave, you gave your life for me. For me. Your grace is broken every chain. My sins are gone. My debt's been paid. You gave, you gave your life away for me. For It is our prayer that you have been blessed as you've listened to this message. 
If you would like to become a partner with this ministry, please contact us here at Orchardville Church. You can visit our website at orchardvillechurch.com or you can contact us by phone at area code 618-835-2677. I saw Jesus hanging on that tree, lifted up my heart, down on my knee. The day I met Jesus.